0: Doing
1: that word shit, hey, there it is. So, how about this? That's the name of this podcast. I'm this guy. What's going on?
2: Hey, did you hit all the vocal ranges? I did. Are, are that, was sure? my, okay.
1: that was my Mike Patton impression. <clears throat> okay. Uh, I'm Alan Dempsey,
2: and I am Rafiq Shaheen, and with us is our lovely guest. Lovely. Yes. Well, lovely.
1: I've been, you know, a little mm-hmm. over here looking at you, to be honest. I
3: appreciate that uh, gurgle. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's
1: how I pick up ladies at the bar. I just walk up to them and go... <laughs> Precious. <laughs>
3: um, no, lovely sounds like the kind of adjective that my dad would get really defensive about if anyone called me that, you know?
2: Right. He's like... It's not son- pretty. Right? My son's not lovely. Who are you to say he's lovely? Yeah.
0: Like... <laughs>
2: My son's a
1: beast. Yeah. <laughs> what Real, is your name, you lovely man?
3: Uh, my name is Stephen uh, Marlin. I don't like to give my name out, honestly. <laughs> you,
1: you that's know that's you really good for a comedian. Right, no, yeah. uh, it's I not great. Like, uh, <laughs> just you know, just introduce me. Let me tell my jokes. They don't need to know who I am.
2: I also like the fact that you could have consciously just given your first name or your last name and just stopped there. And button said you're like, oh, no, they're making me say both. <laughs> so I uh, I assume that you edit
3: this. You don't just... Oh, wanna, no, no. That, oh. I,
1: you saw how much trouble we had turning this on, right? We can't, <laughs> yeah, I don't know what I'm doing over here. Hey, we here. got here. We absolutely... We put, it took a while, but we, we pulled it off. So this is kind of a return to form. Uh, during COVID, we were... I, particularly, was reluctant to record with others. And... Last three or four episodes have just been me and this jackass, and I'm so sorry. It's been it's I not know. been good. <laughs> and the last couple, we just watched some shitty Sam Furstenberg movies and talked about those. And uh, not, ex- uh, excuse me, oh, I'm sorry. Are you not familiar with the classic Break into Electric Boogaloo? Oh, okay, all right, or, or, or Revenge, Revenge of, of the, the Ninja? Ninja?
3: I have not seen them, but I've heard great things. You you heard right right,
1: <laughs> and so. I actually brought – I have Cyborg Cop pulled up on this computer just in case we all decided to watch Cyborg Cop. What are we doing with the podcast? (laughs) What are we doing (laughs) right now? I don't know. I don't know. We're not watching Cyborg Cop right now. That's (laughs) what's happening. But –
2: Sacrifices must be made (laughs) before we can get to that level. But
1: the other thing that you you must understand is that Cyborg Cop, there's a real decline – Like it's, these are fun, these are fun. And then you get into like cyborg cop territory and then it's not, it's just bad. It's just wall to wall bad. There's nothing
3: there anymore, you know? So it's like Sharknado where it's like, okay, I get it. This is pretty (laughs) funny. And then the second one, you're like,
2: okay, well,
3: maybe the joke is that we didn't need a sequel. And then they're like, let's keep going. Let's just see how long we can do this. Pretty
2: much. It's funny that you say that. I was talking to somebody the other night about Fast and Furious movies and like they're doing Fast Nine now, and there is a part of me that goes, "How much would it blow people's minds if Fast Nine was just about racing?" Hilarious. Like, like <laughs> no, like no big action sons flipping off of subs or anything like that. It was just about street racing <laughs> because every, you know, every it's a documentary, right? You know, every moment someone would be like, "Oh, dude, he's turning the corner now." Like some crazy shit's gonna happen, and he just like turns the corner normally. <laughs> 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 the climax
1: is the guy won the right yeah.
3: all right he won the race bye <laughs> bye. bye. <laughs> guy actually steps into frame goodbye
1: thanks for coming to the movie
3: it reminds me of the uh the south park wrestling coach guy this isn't real wrestling right Rassling. this isn't real racing
2: uh they took my job. I yeah. love that. I love the fact that the ending was he got to be the most famous one just because they're like, oh, this is for poor rednecks. Yeah. <laughs> like, they took my job. About the Fast of the Furious- <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> no, that's so true um, uh, about the fast and the furious movies for some, whatever reason, I don't know if it's like uh, uh subliminal messaging, but like me and my friends have all independently said to each other that we want to watch all of them. And none of us have seen, I mean the ones I'm talking about, none of us have seen any of them. Yeah. We just want to see them. And now there's a marathon coming up. That's free. Uh, if you reserve it up in for like, really? yes, to promote uh fate of the furious, there is a series of events <laughs> where they will pay your ticket.
2: I I love the fact. Wait that wait it's wait, called... wait 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 wait
3: wait. You didn't know that's what it was. No, hold on, back up.
1: Did I just hear that in order to be able to promote the film, they are paying people to watch the film? <laughs> is
2: that what I just heard you say? Uh, they're paying people to watch all the film.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I'm out of it if, if Hobson Shaw isn't in there because that's the one.
1: That is one of those franchises that I don't like. It's so not on my radar that I I just go like, well, there's like three of them, right? Like I can't Dunt. even, like I can't, my brain doesn't even accept. What has there been like nine or some shit? Like yeah. I don't even, like do people make those and watch those? And are there actors in those? Who's making this? Why
2: there's, is this happening? There's a certain genre of movie Maybe not genre, but there's a certain couple of films out there that have this secret magic of like they just keep on showing up, <laughs> yeah. and you don't. And you like, did nope. anyone watch
1: <laughs> any of the others?
2: Right, it's like Tremors twelve, and it's like, I'm sorry, but I knew
1: even that. I that's you can res- like, because that was a real movie with just a bunch of straight to video sequels.
2: Right, but that's what I'm saying. It's, like there's like. Maybe Tremors is not the best example of that, but there are certain film franchises out there where like somebody comes along every couple of years and there's another one and it's like nobody really requested this, <laughs> nobody really promoted I this. Say, for like, me, the
1: difference is if you're talking about like Puppet Master or Tremors or fucking I don't know, I'm trying to grasp for another example. There's like the one that's a real movie, Wishmaster. You know, like there's the one that's a real movie, and then there's the just, eh, let's call the next one Witchmaster and try to make some money and put it out in Blockbuster, you know, back when there was a Blockbuster. Now it's like, wait, they're still making these with like the real actors, and they're in the theater, and there's like nine of them, and they're making more, like, how
2: is this happening? Right. I don't know one person that's ever seen any of them. (laughs) (laughs) it's funny the older i get the more i'm convinced there are certain that's one of those films that flows into my craziness of like i'm very certain we're rubbing up against another reality where (laughs) shit just keeps on bleeding through because like i'll shop at a store like aldi's or like save a lot and you walk in there and you see a box and it's the pop tart box Right, it looks like the box. It's familiar, and then you'll pick it up, and on the front it'll just say like Quasica Farms Toaster Strudels, <laughs> organic. <laughs> right, <laughs> and you're like organic, grass fed. Right, right, exactly. And it's like, <laughs> why is the toaster strudel grass fed? Like, what right. what universe is this coming from? Where it needs to be grass fed? And like, I'm as we're as I'm getting older, I'm like, I think we're just rubbing more and more. Against another universe where that shit exists,
1: Bernstein or Bernstein. right? Who knows?
2: It's like both of those were real. It's just not in our universe. Yeah.
3: <laughs> Listen, I, I, I'm still not over this. I gotta, I gotta d- double down on this Fast and the Furious thing. Listen, okay. this is why I want to watch Fast and the Furious. It's for the intrigue and the suspense for the me. Intrigue, the <laughs> intrigue and the suspense for me is trying to see what the writers could possibly justify as nine different story arcs that revolve around driving a car. I just want to know what is the plot points? Cause I haven't seen any of them and I want to know, okay, maybe I'll give you three movies, but then what do you do vamp for the next right. six? What are you going to do that has to do with racing?
2: So I've, I've seen the first, well, aren't they like Four uh, heists
1: I think. or something, it's not so, even really about yeah. racing, right? So
2: that that was the thing, right? So like I've seen, I think like four of them. I, I know the last one I saw was Tokyo Drift, and there was a certain point in the franchise where it became more about heists, and like the level of heists just kind of escalated to the point that it didn't make sense for it to really be a racing movie. Because, like, the first one was like, oh, these guys are using their cars, and like, they're kind of like car thieves or like thieves in general. And you're like, oh, cool, that's the undercover cop. And, you know, you're watching that play out, right? But then by the time you get to like four or five, it's more like, whoa, so like, they're using their cars to rob a bank, which is in a submarine. I
1: can't, I, like, I, I can't let you get away with it. You sat through five of these, haven't you?
2: (laughs) (laughs) No, I can distinctly tell you it's like three or four of them because I remember getting to... So
1: that's bad enough. You sat through four of these.
2: I I can distinctly remember getting to one of them and it was like me, Oscar, and Tosh... And like, you know what? I'm going to give you a
1: pass because that's brother time. Yeah. I'm going to give you a pass because you did it with your brothers. Right. That's fine.
2: Like we watched them. Oh, my
3: God. It was all for the family.
1: Right. (laughs) It's
3: tied (laughs) together perfectly. This is
1: like, this is like you didn't want to do the mob hit, but you know, Fredo needed you to. Right.
2: And, and it was just one of those things where I remember watching the movie, and then we all just, like, the movie ended, and we all just quietly kind of, like, got up and, like, went to separate rooms in the house. <laughs> <Stop> <laughs> you, were,
0: you couldn't look each other in the <laughs> eye for the rest
2: of the night.
3: Like, you just put grandma in the grave, and you're yeah. like, you don't need to say anything. Let's just walk away. It's
2: like, <laughs> yeah, you know. It, like And it wasn't, like, any real conversation either. It wasn't like we got up and we like, boy, that movie was terrible. It was just one of those, like, quiet, like, well, I'm going to go to bed now. And then, <laughs> like... Let's
1: never speak of this.
3: <laughs> you know. Listen, um... I think Ludacris probably does a great job. I'm just going to theorize about how these movies are before <laughs> I see them.
1: I think I'm Ludacris- going to assume that Vin Diesel is fantastic in these films. But he,
3: he can't touch DMX's performances. Let's be honest, okay? I'm not just saying that because he just passed away. I'm just saying you give me any acting role of Ludacris up against an acting role by DMX, I mean, he's going to blow him away. I don't I don't know what I've seen, but I saw something
1: with Ludacris in it, and he was not good. He was... Crash. He, he I don't. I could not Uh, tell you what. I honestly
3: cannot remember another Ludacris role other than Fast and the Furious, and Crash.
1: And it was one of those things where it was like, you know, you could just nobody's going to sit here with a straight face and tell you Ludacris isn't a crazy good rapper. Yeah, but it was just one of those things where it was like, oh, his talent skill doesn't translate over to this other thing, you know.
2: You got so you guys are forgetting though there was uh, certain. There was a certain period of time in, like, the 90s where, like, every rapper went from, like, oh, yeah, I'm a rapper. Like, this is my lifestyle. Is your mic to, falling? Is that what you're holding up? Yeah. Just twist it. No, dude, I, 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 I tried to fix it.
1: Oh, goody. We got a broken studio today. Fantastic.
2: Um, But, like, every rapper was going from, like, oh, I'm, like, a... Um, hardcore rapper and this is the lifestyle I live to like, oh yeah, man, I rap hard and I also kind of act in movies and live a lifestyle that's more akin to pampered celebrity than rapper. Do you
1: remember the Blade TV show? No. There was a short-lived TV show and the guy who played Blade... Was a guy named, and it said this in the credits his name was Sticky Fingers. Oh, Sticky Fingers, yeah. (laughs) And my friends and I looked at each other and said,
3: What the fuck is a Sticky Fingers? I mean that he's a rapper. I know him as a rapper. Well, I didn't know he was in a movie he was or a on show. The, I mean, he was on the
1: Blade TV. He played oh, Blade on the Blade TV show. It lasted like four episodes or something, and it was what? Not, it was not good.
3: Did he get an Emmy at least before? Yeah, probably. <laughs> right.
2: For four episodes, it was a four episode miniseries that resulted I mean, obviously in. Hey, an Band Steam. of
3: Brothers was what like six episodes. You can do <laughs> it. You can make it happen.
2: Look, guys, sticky fingers.
3: Shh on the screen,
1: <laughs> he just he illuminated, the, he elevated the material. If I could use one word to describe the performance of old Sticky Fingas, it was elevation.
3: I want to know why you name yourself uh, like I steal stuff. Like that's that's what his name is, right? Like, yeah. Basically. You just introduce yourself as like, hey, uh, I'm gonna steal from you.
1: Well, so like, my th- name my name is
2: Rapey Magoo. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I do (laughs) rapey.
2: I'm sorry. I'm going to have to correct you there. It's pronounced (laughs) repay. Sorry. (laughs) No, like, so, I don't know. This is... It's not like we got a huge audience who's not going to understand this anyway. But there was a point in time in the 90s where, like, everyone was so concerned about being the hardest rapper out there. And even, like, rap today, everyone's still trying to kind of prove that they're hard. But they're not trying to prove that they're tough in, like, the same way as, like, during the 90s. Because during the 90s, like, lyrics were like, I smoke cocaine and I bury bodies. And now it's like, I fuck your bitch when you're not around. And it's like, there's a big difference in the level of like hardness I mean, in yeah. this, right?
3: Yeah, it's Childish Gambino like getting out the window instead of like, <laughs> like oh shit, he came home. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, yeah, that, I mean, that kind of goes into the, the, my brain just collapsed. But the whole thing of like, being tough on stage like somebody like childish gambino his whole shtick is like i'm a dorky nerdy dude right you know i uh i used to do a thing on stage about uh how the whole idea that the younger generation or the older generation goes oh these kids are you know they're horrible and like the idea of like the music we were listening to was genuinely terrifying you had you know body count singing cop killer and NWA fuck the police. And now how it's gone the other way. I'm mad at the kids cause their music is so tame. Right. It's like, why aren't you, why aren't you talking about killing policemen in the streets? Yes. What are you doing wrong?
2: It's like, oh, you kids are so soft. I haven't heard one song about you stabbing an old lady for her purse. Right,
1: (laughs) Dude, Body Count had a song called Mama's Gotta Die Tonight. And it was about his mom was an old racist. He brought home a white girl. She got mad. So he sets her on fire. He chops up her body. And then he takes her body on a cross-country tour where he just buries pieces of her in major cities. That That is the whole song. Song.
2: Right, so uh, he was
3: like a mix between like Weird Al and Eminem. That's yeah, on here. I don't uh, know it's uh, song. <laughs>
1: the, uh, yeah, weird Al did a, a guest spot on that first album, <laughs> an accordion solo, right, right. between Ice T's horrific fucking lyrics.
2: Uh, can we give just as a weird turn for us? Can we actually give Ice T some props though? Because his longevity as not only like an actor and as a musician is. Pretty stunning, especially Dude, from like the era he came from. The last, I missed it
1: somehow, but right when COVID hit, Body Count released a new album. And I'm, huge Body Count found. Totally went under my radar. I just got it like a month ago. That album is un-fucking-believable. That album grabs you by the balls and does not let go for 10 full tracks. It's one of the best metal albums I've ever heard. It's so fucking good.
2: Right. I love I love that about musicians. <clears throat> so I'll say this about musicians in general, right? Is I feel like between the 80 like late, late late 80s, early 90s and now late 80s, early 90s there was like everyone's got beef, nobody's collaborating with each other. Fuck you motherfucker if you think you're even going to step near this track that I'm doing. And now Everyone's like, hey buddy, how you doing? Uh you wanna be on this track? You wanna be on nine others on this and it's like you guys could just be one group at this point. Like that's it's not a bad thing, man. Like
3: And you can't convince me that those beefs are real.
2: Not ninety nine
3: percent. They're just working together. Oh, machine gun Kelly and Eminem, get right. out of here.
2: Like, that's the thing, right? Like, in the late 80s, early 90s, they were absolutely real.
3: They were killing they were, people. They were right, <laughs> exactly. Like, yeah, yeah. Like. I don't think you're, you're that committed to the money.
2: Right, and like, nowadays, it's like, oh, yeah, man, I hate this motherfucker. I'll fight him in the streets. It's like, hey, Bob, how you doing, man? Like are you...
1: <laughs> I loved that lyric, where you said that you would kill me in the streets. It was so good. Yeah. <laughs> it was so good. Yeah.
3: Uh,
1: so, Steven. Uh, Do you make with the Yuck Yucks
3: on stage? Uh, God, not in a long time. How long has it been? <laughs> At le- uh, over a year, I think. Uh, is that a
1: COVID thing or is that a fuck this thing?
3: Mostly, It was almost entirely a COVID thing. Yeah. I was like getting momentum. You know, People were asking me to get on shows and stuff like that. And then uh, I had a showcase. Um, and then like pandemic yeah <laughs> and i'm uh you know my day job is i'm actually in public health so oh, i'm an epidemiologist so, you know. so it's like it's like oh i can't get on stage <laughs> yeah. we, we, I, I, I got an
1: important question for you what does the word epidemiologist mean because i don't know what that is
3: oh uh, uh they work with uh, the spread of diseases so people oh, who perfect. work with
2: yeah we, we were actually just talking about yeah. this before we got in here but like So, out of the three of us, right, you and I are still performing. Alan's been taking a break. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's a five-year break. Uh, And for you and I, we haven't been getting up on stage as much in comparison to, like, some of our other compatriots. And, like, there's a real, like, sense of FOMO going on of like, are we missing out because we're not getting on stage? Are we not getting opportunities, you know, because we're not performing? But there's also like, because we both work in a similar field of being like, yeah, but we're seeing the day-to-day numbers on this thing. And like, for me personally, every time I go out, I feel like I'm, like you said, collaborating with this sense of like spreading this to other people, because pe- like even if people aren't coming out to see me in particular, they go, "Oh, yuck, yucks are to be had in this vicinity." Let's gather together, and it's like, "Oh, I don't want to be a part of that." Like, <laughs> has it stopped you though? It slowed me down. I will be, I will be honest and say, no, it has not stopped me. It has slowed me down though, because where I was going to open mics, like four to five times a week now it's like once a month maybe okay
3: right and i, I miss a lot of the just like hanging out too right. there's a like get the human contact that's that everybody misses and then for us it's also like if you wanted to be a painter and then everyone goes into lockdown you can keep painting like yeah, you, right. can, yeah. you can you could yeah. share your paintings i cannot responsibly get in front of people and encourage them to group up together and to hear me spit over them. Like <laughs> I
1: can't. Well, yeah. And so they can all open their mouths real wide and while project, I'm talking, project a hiccupy sound while they laugh.
3: <laughs> I mean, you guys saw, um, shit, I'm blanking out now. Um, was it Jamie Foxx passed out on stage from COVID? Yeah. Oh, yeah he just that. completely yeah. went over. His producer runs on stage and grabs him. Holy the ground. shit. Insane. Cause he saw him like wobbling. He started to not make sense. He had COVID uh, pretty bad, I guess for a little bit.
2: And like, uh-huh. th- and that's the thing is like there. There's part of me that goes, "That's irresponsible." I get the need to perform and to keep your living going, especially if that's your primary form of making your living. But there's something that's irresponsible to me on both halves of that. Of like, hey man, if you're sick, stay the fuck home. So like,
3: I don't. I it was DL Hughley, and I'm a bad person. Is DL DL Hughley? I'm pretty <laughs> I thought, sure. Was... <laughs>
2: I thought it was Jamie. Fox. Is it Jamie
3: Fox? Let me Google it. Um. <laughs> so many jokes I'm not allowed to say <laughs> no right no now. no go for it go for it <laughs> no no nope. no no this is the out best of, room
1: out, out of the it. three people in this room <laughs> I am not allowed to make those <laughs> jokes
2: I accept that
1: I'm okay with it
2: but like it, it's one of those things of like either way um like there's something irresponsible about it because it's like dude if you're sick just stay the fuck home. Like nobody needs to be exposed to you and nobody should be exposing other people to potentially get sick for no fucking reason. And that was that that was the thing that struck me the most about this pandemic is like all these people who are losing their minds in lockdown going like, "Oh, I don't know how I'm going to be able to survive." It's like, "Dude, have you never spent time with yourself?" Like, do you just not like being around yourself for that long? (laughs) Dude, like I'm
1: kind of surprised to hear you of all people say that because you can't stand being alone by yourself. I can't
2: that's the thing. I can't stand it's funny that you say that because I think yesterday is the best example of what the real problem is. It's not about being by myself. I can be by myself. What I can't do is I can't be by myself doing nothing. Bored. You can't be bored. Right, Like, I have to be working towards something. Like, yesterday was the first day in forever that I woke up and I had no projects to do. I wasn't working on anything. I wasn't trying to write tweets. I wasn't trying to do nothing in particular. And I was losing my motherfucking mind. <laughs> I... I mm-
1: your honor. <laughs> I just put my hand up and said, your honor. So I'm in school and court. <laughs> I would. What you're describing is somebody who doesn't want to be alone with his own fucking thoughts. Right. Because, you know, even if you're physically alone, you're still like, ah, I must be inputting or outputting or ah. Right.
2: But that's the thing is I like to all those people who couldn't find an input or an output, you know, like that to me I go like okay if you can't be unsocial right you like you need other people to input into you in order for you to process that hey right? <laughs> sorry. sorry <laughs> I'm not I'm not gonna even dissuade that that was good that, that was good timing uh, <laughs> hey now uh but like that to me that's the thing is like even with yesterday, like, I spent two-thirds of yesterday doing nothing, and then eventually, I was, like, towards the end of the night, I was like, okay, I can do X, Y, and Z, and I can move on with my day, right? But, like, if you need another person to input into you in order to generate anything, I go, that seems like a fucking problem.
1: Maybe. I can see. I mean, I know there are definitely – I'm going to make this real boring – Uh, There, you know, there's definitely introversion and extroversion. And there are definitely people who I tend to date people who (laughs) who speak and they're processing as they're speaking, whereas I go, I'm being told the facts because I'm hearing words come out of your mouth, you know. So, I I mean, there is definitely a thing where. I mean, I was a teacher for ten years, so there's spatial learning and visual learning, and you know, there's also people. That's why you group kids up in class, right? One, two, one, two. All right, ones go over here, twos go over there, because you're some kids learn better by bouncing shit off mm-hmm. of another individual. You know, what
3: well, well, that sounded like to me. I'm sorry if you're no,
1: no I was. It was as dull as it was. <laughs> that's that's fine,
3: Alan. I completely agreed with you about. Um, You're kind of like diagnosing a Rafiq, but it sounded (laughs) all I do. (laughs) It sounded similar to me though, which is um, the biggest podcaster in the world, who I won't name, mentioned the demons. He has to make sure he keeps uh, working. He has to always be working on something because the demons will come. And when he said it, I was like, what the. Like that was like, that's yeah. me. What just happened? Um, I can't, I can't like not have something, um, because I feel like I start to decay like in my brain. I'm like, Oh my God, yeah. my, my life's over. Like I can't. So I'm just wondering if that's uh, resonant with you because that's what it yeah. kind of sounds like.
2: So like my brother Zubin, uh, gave me what I think is the best quote along those lines that makes me feel like I, like it's something I can connect to was he was talking about the men in our family in general, but he is like, there's a certain type of person who is like a shark and that they have to be in motion in order to be comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. You know?
1: I, I actually, my, <laughs> my mental illness goes in the other direction where I, I can't get started cause I'm mm. just, I'm either so depressed or so exhausted or so whatever that I just, it's like, okay, I'll, I'll do that after this video no I'll I'll do it after the next video and then fucking four hours goes by and I go have I done have I moved today have I gotten off of the couch right you know
3: that's got to be really bad for your writing we were talking yes earlier about you want to write like I I can totally empathize with that
1: so I, I I definitely have to do when I can get myself moving I definitely have to do that uh the timing thing that works for me where it's like Okay, I've got to fucking clean this filthy apartment. So I'm gonna clean for 30 minutes. Put a timer on, 30 minutes. As long as I'm moving and touching things and and wiping things for 30 minutes, then I can at the end of that beep, I can go, I did now
2: my place is 30 minutes cleaner than it was. Have you ever tried that dangerous writing program? No. It's a very interesting concept. It actually, like I was using it for a while while I was working at the casino in order to write jokes. But what it is, is it's a program that is, uh, movement sensitive as far as writing is concerned. So like you set a timer where you go, I'm going to write for 15 minutes.
1: Yeah, that's what I have to do.
2: Right. So you say, I'm going to write for 15 minutes. You start the timer. It tracks you putting words onto the paper. And if it, senses that you've stopped putting words onto the paper, the screen starts turning redder, redder, redder. And then it just deletes everything that you've done. I don't like that. If you don't write. I don't care for that at all. And, because
1: there are times when you have to stop and think for a fucking
2: second, right? But that's the thing It's like, so you can set the sensitivity, right, yeah. to be like, okay, if I take sixty seconds, if I take thirty, you know, thirty seconds or whatever. But for me, especially because when I was at the casino using it, I was trying to get better on writing like one liners, so it was very much like a pre- like it was a nice pressure I like valve. How as, as,
1: <laughs> I really enjoy the idea of you doing security. While you're so, while you're being demanded of writing on your uh, fucking phone?
2: Uh let's be honest. Security at the casino is more of like, hey man, don't make me come over there and not do anything. I'd much rather stand here and not do anything.
1: <laughs> what happened? Who robbed the vault? Yo, man, I was writing one-liners. Right. What do you want from me?
3: Why did the robber enter the casino? Now, um, <laughs> right. so it's
2: like, I, I a had second.
1: a shoelace joke, dude. You don't understand. right? It's, it was like, like it someone, was about those little things on the end of the shoelaces. <laughs> it was a fucking crusher.
2: Right, like the police are coming over. You're like, shut up for a second. I'm trying to fish. <laughs> <laughs>
1: hold on, hold on, hold on. What do you call those things? What do you call those things on shoelaces?
2: I got 15 <laughs> seconds.
1: Wait a minute, wait a minute.
3: This is my time to shine. Those are called aglets. Oh, are they really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Aglets. The caps on the end of... Um, <laughs> I
1: don't know why I know that. So I have a friend. I think he's better now, but one time he was real bad about, he was, I would almost say he was narcoleptic. He would just pass the fuck out. And he told us one time as he was like, I hadn't known this guy very long. He's like, don't talk to me while I'm asleep. And I go, why? And he goes, cause my subconscious is a bitch. So then I don't know. Time passes. He's passed out next to me. And I said something about how he should buy shoelaces. And I swear to God, like two days later, he comes in all excited, telling us about some shoelaces he just bought. (laughs) (laughs) Then, I don't know, more time passes. He passes out, and I just kind of go up to him. I go, give Alan all your money. Give Alan all your money. The next time I saw him, as soon as he saw me, he brought up 20 bucks that he owed me. Like, like, out of the gate. As soon as uh, I walked in, he was like, hey, man, I know I owe you 20 bucks, blah, blah, blah.
3: So this guy's like reverse inception. it's <laughs>
1: <Right. laughs> just like automatically
2: open to the world. Dude, so you you saw a side of evil in me the other day. Oh, we were I, talking
1: about the same guy. We were talking about the guy who got drunk, and I convinced him to oh, was okay, Georgia. Oh, okay, yeah.
2: Same guy. So... Alan and I were talking about this. This is is some cold-blooded dark shit. Right. But, like, I was telling him I couldn't be friends with a dude like that because, like, the jackass in me would just fuck with somebody like that too hard because there's always a portion of me that's, like, this far away from just stopping mid-conversation with people and just going like, yeah, man, so anyway, I'm going to the park and like, I need you to wake up now. Anyway, so... <laughs> <laughs> Try to imagine how bad that would fuck with your head. You gotta wake up, please. Right? <laughs> and then
1: g- tell them it progresses too.
2: Right, and so like, so like in my mind, the way you keep on fucking with somebody is you start off with like, I need you to wake up now and then you go to like, No, seriously. Your family needs you to wake up now, and then. But
1: like you talk in between. You talk in between. Like, you're having a conversation, and then suddenly, like, right now I'm talking to a microphone, Stephen, you need to wake up now. And then you tell the guy. So, And then, like, a little bit later, it's like, no, seriously, you need to wake up yeah, now. Man. And then, on, like, the third one, you actually touch him on the shoulder and go, your family needs
3: you. Right. You need to wake up now. I need you to stop doing that, because that, that freaks me out for real. How? How?
1: You're talking about it, it's still
3: freaking me out.
1: I, that is the most, I've never been more afraid of this man than when he told me that. That is the most sinister, evil thing I've ever heard in my life. But
2: but there's something that's so fun about, like, just breaking people's reality like that from time to time. Like, there's always... Like, I constantly have to fight myself from screwing with people in certain situations. Like, I was with my roommate, and she was picking up, like, pet food the other day at the market. And part of me was like oh man, what if I just bought bird seed and then walked up to somebody and been like, hey man, so I'm trying to feed the birds in my yard and like I don't know how I'm going to attract all of them because like I'm trying to keep the body buried. And like. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's good. So
3: speaking of mental illness, um, <laughs> do you You all- are in the right place. <laughs> do, do you all ever wonder, you know, are people who are immensely talented automatically crazier? Like you talked about having a messy apartment, that's probably the result of like some sort of depressive thing, depression, oh, whatever. Hundred percent, because that's what it is for you know a lot of us. And then I think like this is this is how fucked up this is. I think would I want to be more crazy to gain more talent? Like that uh, weird like deal with uh, the devil right. kind of.
1: So I have heard. I this is. Some ancient shit that I'm going to totally misquote. But I have heard that studies have been done specifically on depression that uh, as hard as depression is on the individual, they also have a tendency to kind of see things more clearly. I'm sure that I'm sure I'm butchering this study, but it's the idea that, you know, depressed people are kind of less prone to self-delusion and they're, they're kind of more prone to seeing what's really going on, which might be why they're fucking depressed because they're not, you know, (laughs) they're not living in (laughs) fantasy land, you know? So, I mean, I think there are probably uh, look, I mean, if you're hearing voices and seeing teeth coming out of the walls, I can't imagine that's beneficial, (laughs) but I would imagine that most of the low level there's, there's benefits to anxiety. You know, you're hyper-aware. You know, the guy who has anxiety is running when the saber-tooth comes first. Right. You know, there's benefits to depression. You don't get as wrapped up in your fantasy world, you know. So, uh, but I do know what you're talking about because a lot of my heroes are, the, are space cadets. <laughs> like, watch one interview with Billy Connolly. The guy is living in Looney Tunes land, but he's one of the most brilliant comics that ever lived. Ever, You know? And I saw an interview with him where he was talking about, he was talking about that. And he was saying like, I don't know how to do anything and it's terrifying. He said, I don't know how to buy a car. I don't know how to buy a house. He said, you know, I got I, I, managers and stuff that do that for me. And I have no idea how any of that works. You know? And it's like, what a blessing to be Billy Connolly and to be able to just live in your own skull like that.
3: But also a curse.
1: <laughs> but also a curse, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah.
2: There, there's, so I'm, On a realistic uh, level, I'm absolutely in agreement with Alan on this one. On a theoretical level, though, there's also the notion of everything that we do in society is a manufactured process. It's it's the notion of, like, none of this is real. Like, none of it is real, essentially. You know, like, time isn't a real thing. It's an artificial construct. Oh, that's not true.
1: If you gr- time, time is a measurable thing that changes depending on the mass around it.
2: If you, I am a genius. If you, if you grind down the universe so that there is no conscious life left, there is not going to be a moment at all where somebody goes, "That's time." That's I, you Thanos says, did nothing wrong. You say the same thing
1: about gravity. You say the same thing about sunshine.
2: Yeah, but that's what I'm saying is th- both of those co- both of those concepts they're measurable to us because we make a distinction between point A and point B when in reality the thing itself it, there's no notice of itself saying this is that. very Oscar a Wilde
1: of you. Oscar Wilde <laughs> No, seriously, Oscar Wilde had this whole thing about how the the writers at the time were writing about all the fogginess on London Bridge. And now everyone notices the fogginess on London Bridge. But before the writers romanticized that, nobody was
2: thinking about it. They were just
1: walking down
2: London Bridge. Right. And and that's, I guess to me, that's one of the things about like when we talk about insanity and like talent and stuff like that, is like there is a distinct disconnect between people who can notice the world around them. And I feel, especially with comedians, a lot of it is like, Comedians have that ability to observe a thing and detract themselves to the truth of what that thing is. You know, like, when someone makes a joke about Asian drivers or whatever, be it, like, for or against them, they are speaking to their truth of that situation. But there's also the issue of, like, there's no realistic no like difference between someone who's asian and someone who's caucasian driving
3: no no i think they're they're speaking towards the fact that they're a hack because that's the oldest joke. <laughs> right, but but right, right. I was thinking the
1: same thing <laughs> but, the whole time. But to be fine. real,
3: but to be real, I agree with you. What they're doing is they're they're removing themselves from the um, inappropriateness of saying that, to pointing it out. We all might right. think it, whatever the joke is. We all might think this right under the surface, but we know we have these uh, social mores that don't let you say it. So when the comedian is able to remove himself, he's able to notice those things that other people don't notice. And then when you say that and bring it up, everyone's like, "Oh my god, he said it! He said the thing!" Right? And, so, and well, I and,
1: would, I would. St- Taking it out of any kind of uh, controversial, go ahead.
3: I'm trying, I was trying.
1: No, I've been staring at it. (laughs) His coffee, this poor guy's coffee has been on the other table the whole time we've been recording.
3: (laughs) Still a better love story than Twilight. (laughs) (laughs) All right, sorry.
1: But, uh, you know, removing yourself from any controversial, I mean, to me, the uh, Brian Regan's I Walked on the Moon, that's special. Where he does a three, four minute bit about Pop-Tarts that is fucking hilarious and he talks about you know i'm gonna do regan material here but he's like you know there's like four instructions on the, on the yeah. back like, how the can back. there how can there be four instructions <laughs> yes shouldn't it just say
2: toast the pop-tart i i, I saw a are you uh, still reading this <laughs> yeah, are, Yes. <laughs> right.
1: are you still reading this yes
2: i saw i saw a uh, meme Uh, the other day where like it really it shows like kind of the sassiness of it like it's a bottle of uh, like body wash and it's uh, and it's like directions for use and it's like step one if you don't know how to use our product find someone you really like and invite <laughs> them into the shower to show you <laughs> and it's and like the joke was like I've never read something so sassy and or so condescending and so sexy at the same time but like part of me goes like it is very weird that someone would go here's your body wash and then someone takes a look at it and goes well how do I use it yeah and it's like what what, what do you what do you mean how do i use it And it's like well i know i'm supposed to wash my body with it but how do i body wash with? It? it's like did that you
1: <laughs> that combination of words i just can't put body but do you wash your body i don't understand
3: you know that actually kind of happened with me because growing up and maybe the same for you Rafik. we use washcloths white people right. a lot of white people don't use washcloths it's something i learned when i got to be like 30 um but I bought a loofah because I was like, I want something with more abrasion and I had it in the shower. I'm like, all right, I got the loofah. Task is completed. And I was just staring at it. I was like, what do I now do?
1: <laughs> how, how does one loofah, <laughs> you go to Google, how does one loofah? I, I cool will, videos. Loofah.
2: I, I will admit that like, as I'm getting older, I have been Googling more simple shit than I thought I would have in my life. Like, th- I think that's a sign
1: of maturity because here's, here's for me, it's words. I, I actually make my living as a writer now, finally, at 42 years old. But the number of articles, I write 3,400 words a day is my target. That's a lot of fucking words when you're really doing it. The number of times I start, like, writing a word and going, do I really know what that word means? You know, like, like I start going, wait a minute, does that word mean what the fuck I think it means? And then you have to go look it up. No, it's not like car It's usually a you know good four or five syllable word, but I'm like, is that does illuminate? Not illuminate, but you know, does illuminate mean what I think it means? (laughs) The the worst is
3: when you say it in like a roast. Like you'll say it in like a work email or something, (laughs) and then you go, wait, you already sent the email. You're like, wait a minute, let me just (laughs) triple check because I I put some shade on that email.
1: I think the first time that really happened to me, I mean, this was years ago, but I was using the word virtual,
3: not like virtual
1: reality, but like virtually every time. And I, my whole life I thought virtually basically meant literally. And then I had and then one day I was using it, I don't know if I said it or wrote it and I went, "Wait a minute, if virtual reality and inf- just virtually mean what I think it means, and I had to go <laughs> look it up." You know?
2: I so we went out to dinner one night with the your girlfriend at the time and I guess you would call her my girlfriend at the time. Um <laughs> But I say this for a reason, right? Is because, like, I had always heard that the expression was that it's a monkier of things. Right? I don't know what you're talking le- about. Le- le- let me, fr- let me finish, right? Uh, like, I had always been told, like, you know, and the word monkier was supposed to mean, like, it's iconic of a thing, right? Turns out it's pronounced moniker. <laughs> <laughs> awesome.
1: I don't and, remember this at all.
2: Right. And so the so the girl I was with at the time <laughs> at dinner goes, it's Monica, you moron. And like the thing that set me back was like, not only was that super rude, it wasn't like, hey, you couldn't have told me that like calmly, but it was also one of those. Th- it was the girl who was in the Scientology. Yeah. Okay. Remember, I Like she got super about. pissed off. We went out to an escape room. We all had a good time, and then
1: that was when G started talking shit about Scientology. Yes, and then the girl you were with was like, "Well, I was raised Scientologist," and then to watch G backpedal out of that was fucking beautiful to watch her be like no you know it's just whatever sometimes people yeah, yeah. it was fucking awesome
2: yeah it, it was great because we were we were just ragging on Scientology for like a good five minutes and then it was like well I was raised Scientology it's one of those things if you had just been like oh man pedophiles are the worst right and she was like well I was raised by a pedophile and you're like oh well you I, know I was like, I, right, you gotta fucking kid
3: that's a perfect analogy because I think a lot of people who come out of Scientology hate it more
2: than anyone else right. Um she she was, I mean, don't get me wrong, she's a very sweet person, but it's one it is one of those things where like when it comes to Scientology, she goes, like, well, there are a lot of really nice people in Scientology. And it's like, yeah, I'm sure there are a lot of really nice people who work for Pol Pot, but like that doesn't
3: <laughs> <laughs> Wow, Pol Pot. You could have chosen so many dictators. I respect you more for Pol Pot. No one knows Pol Pot. <laughs> Yeah, everyone just goes for the Hitler, the easy Stalin, Hitler, Mussolini. No, 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 <laughs> not for Rafiq. It's going for Pol Pot. You didn't even say Mao. I'm really, I'm honestly, I, it sounds like I'm making a bit, but I'm like really actually impressed.
1: Uh, <laughs> holiday in Cambodia. Uh, so we are at about 45-ish minutes. Um, Steven, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pass something over to you. Oh, now, Jesus. Now, if, if there are any people out there who have listened to this show for a while... Big F. Um, they're probably getting a little excited now because they haven't heard us do this in a while. So I'm going to just, I'm uh, not really going to say anything. I'm just going to put it in your hands and I'm gonna just going to let you react into the microphone as to what you're He didn't <laughs> even, by the way, he didn't even read it. He didn't, he just glanced at it, and already he looks exhausted. <laughs> Fleeced, Stephen, Tell us what you see. So I,
3: I just read, it, so I just well, gonna read you, it?
1: You know, whatever your heart
3: is. Ed, in quotes, <laughs> the machine, I'm going to have to guess Regine. Probably. Tells a hundred of the funnest jokes he's ever heard. <laughs> What is that? What is that? <laughs> what is that, Steven? Go ahead, get, get in there. I, I think I broke that case. Is get he, in there and, and uh, is see. he reading a joke book? And he just thinks pretty much. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, is our Do you have? Do you have like a recording of that? You should have it as drops, right? Oh, oh, do we? <laughs> oh no! It's signed. <laughs> 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 uh, <laughs> Oh, wow. That is some follow through on the bit, uh-huh. Alan. Well, I love it. Now, actually. Oh, you, you actually are a huge fan? Is that?
1: No. Here's what happened. Uh, I believe it was 2018, Christmas, I think, is when I got this. Yeah. Um, Sounds about right. My brother, I've told this story several times on the podcast, so people are probably sick of hearing this. My brother has this tendency to buy silly joke presents for people that are just like, they are designed just for you to go, why do I have this? You know, like. One year, I just opened a clarinet. Classic. Like I have a, I have a clarinet now. So good, you know. So and then he he has this ability to uh, spread the joke out. So like he bought my mom a little like lap xylophone one year. Ha <laughs> ha! And then like two years later, he bought her like a real fucking in a case xylophone.
3: <laughs> you know? she could be getting good at like over over time. <laughs> yeah.
1: So in the midst of opening. You know, every third present stupid. One is like a shirt I really like. One is a whatever. And then something stupid. So in the midst of all that, I open this. And I just start howling. And I'm like waving it around like, Phil, what the fuck is this? And that's when my sister-in-law goes, oh, we, we saw him on a cruise ship. I thought you might like it. Oh, no. <laughs> it was a real gift. <laughs> it's a real gift. That she got signed for me. Oh, right? that's so sweet and, and, and so sad. And I've also. been making fun of her on a podcast ever since. <laughs> Hilarious.
3: Well, then it was a great gift. You
1: right? <laughs> It, it, know, the, it,
2: it ha- ha- has been the gift that keeps on giving.
3: I don't know about that. Um,
2: well, it keeps on taking. but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So
1: real quick, a lot of people know this. Uh, all these track titles on the back,
0: oh, they're, yeah. they're all out of order. Oh, hell yeah. Let me Not go. one of them. Let me do this.
1: Uh, every, I think maybe 10% of them are actually like 25 is 25 and 30 is 30, but we, most of them are just slapped on there. We
2: had hit a nice- so, Whoa, 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 whoa. I, I need
1: way more time yeah, with this. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah.
2: sorry. Okay, we, good, We good, had good, hit good. a nice long streak where they were actually in there order. There were like four in
1: a row that were actually in order.
2: But no, I, so like the last couple of times before the pandemic where we got people, <laughs> it was actually the tracks had been in order. And it was one of those weird things where like for a moment- we had talked about this where where we were like, oh, did you just record these onto the computer wrong, and that's the reason why they were out of order. And then like the last guest before the pandemic, basically like they went straight back into out of order. Yeah, it's, and it's like, oh it's no, a real like so this.
1: Steven, you were saying you uh, you needed you uh, needed I, more I, time.
3: If you're not using these as drops, you are missing. <laughs> I mean, you got to chop these up. Oh, but that would that be a copyright thing, maybe? I, we have been
1: playing these, so right. if there is a copyright infringement, who cares? So you have them. I want to at least hear one. Oh, we're going oh, if to I, hear some.
3: Can I request Flatten Daddy? Or is that. Oh, well, are we... if,
1: the problem is not whether you can request it, it's whether I can fucking find it. Oh, right. because if it's,
3: <laughs>
1: if it's 34 on there, it's not going to be 34 on here. That is an excellent point.
3: Uh, you just said that. Right. Um,
2: the th- I, I will say this. When we had Donnie on, he gave us. What I what I hope is going to be our second uh, uh, real piece of merch uh, is we want to get together and record a hundred of the funniest jokes <laughs> we've ever right, heard right. in response to these <laughs> sixth grade jokes. Hell yeah! It's it's a, it's a diss track. It's like <laughs> 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 yeah,
1: it's a clapback. Uh, no joke. Every so often, when one of these, you know, when we're playing them, I will go. I know this joke. I used to tell this joke to my friends in like the fourth grade, and that's not an exaggeration. Like I heard that joke in the fourth grade, thought it was hilarious in the fourth grade,
3: and told it to my friends. I, I think you should rank them. I think that's really the. Oh next. my god! I don't have the energy, dude. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Here's the thing: we've listened to we've listened to forty three of them. We're gonna play track forty four. So we've been listening to these in order with guests. Oh, hell yeah. We've never, a- uh, we're going to hear number 44 at the same time you are. I'm honored. Okay, let's so, do it. Um, I got to make sure I got my sound on and everything. Oh, I do. I should. So uh, I don't know if the mic picked up any of that because this is a real studio. Um, just uh, I see the excitement in your face, and I'm just going to tell you now you're wrong.
3: <laughs>
1: do you, do you want to take it back? Just, uh, do you want to check? your track? It, it should be good. All right. So uh,
2: <clears throat>
1: this is track 44. Sorry for
2: grinding. Uh, what is
1: What
3: uh, is 44?
2: What, isn't, uh, what
1: uh, isn't 44?
3: Uh, on the case, 44 is <sighs> Boss Falls Asleep.
2: Mm. So this is going to be about a boss. Oh, and there
1: has been at least one track that wasn't fully recorded. About oh. halfway through the track, it just dropped audio. I'm, that makes me happier. I'm <laughs> so, so this one is only 18 seconds long. It may not actually be the full joke. It's like, right. a, it's like a pocket dial. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like a
0: so th-
2: this is a joke about a boss falling asleep.
0: A young son walks by his parents' bedroom and sees them having sex. Next morning, he asks his mom, what were they doing? And she said, well, that's how you get babies. And the son said, well, you know what? Mom, last week, I saw you put daddy's dingling in your mouth. What do you get then? Mom says, jewelry. Ah! ah! Oh, got him! Right? Three girls go out and... How the-
2: about the fact
1: that he fucking tripped over that 18-second joke, and didn't do another take. <laughs> did anyone else catch that?
3: <laughs> <laughs> we got it.
2: I, I'm not paying for
1: more studio time.
2: He's, you know what I said. Ed's a one-take wonder. <laughs>
3: <laughs> he was recording these on the cruise ship. Guys, come on.
1: Let's... Oh, uh, let's point this out, because we do every time. You'll notice on the front, he glued his own parental advisory sticker. Now, did you notice on that track, he said dingling? Yes. <laughs> he never uses swears the right way. He'll be like this guy in a fucking car, but then he doesn't say they were fucking. He says right. like they were making love. Well, that so he would does be... it in every joke. That would be obscene. I mean, you can... <laughs> <laughs> I do like the fact that the audio was pumping directly into my headphones. I wish we knew how to do that in the real world. All right, here we go. Here's forty five. What isn't track forty
3: five, Stephen? Uh, this is uh, girls' night out.
0: Three girls go out on the town, they have a little too much to drink, and decide to walk home from the corner pub. They cut through a cemetery, and then they all have to pee. The first girl pees, wipes herself with her panties. The second girl wipes herself with her panties and puts them in her purse. The third girl, whose panties were really expensive, didn't want to use them. She grabbed a ribbon from a headstone which was close by. When she got home, she forgot about the ribbon and passed out. Her husband saw it, picked it up, and read it, and it said, We'll never forget you for all the wonderful times. We all miss you here at the firehouse.
1: That's not Did he even... even say that they were in a graveyard?
2: Did yeah. I miss that part? No, he said that. But also, I'd like to point out that that's not even really a joke. Like, that's more of a statement of events that occur. <laughs> <laughs> it
0: was
3: like the longest setup for just a complete fizzle.
2: It right, went... yeah. Welcome to Ed. <laughs> <laughs> Like, it, <sighs> see, that sound right there is the appropriate reaction to it. It's an been joke.
1: over a year since we listened to this piece of shit, and I, <coughs> I'm angry right now.
3: I kind of want to do uh, this makes me kind of want to do like a, almost an aristocrats bit um but only for comics if you had a, a, a crowd of just comics you could do something like the aristocrats where you keep doing a setup that you think is going to have a certain punchline and then just, compl- just See, keep going what, so, just keep, <laughs> keep like a, just going, going like just keep a norman macdonald thing
2: again what i what i want to do is once we get through ed i want every guest who comes on after that it's like all right you've just listened to ed give us one joke to put on the 100 funniest jokes you've ever That's good. heard did right. we say
1: that on mic? Because that's great. We could do the 100 funniest. So how about this? I don't have a title. Why am I talking?
3: <laughs> I thought you I thought you were going um, to say, make a better joke with just the title of one of these. We've done that. We okay. haven't done it.
1: Well, oh, let's try. Because we did make one up one time, and it went nowhere. It was really sad. But <laughs> what we did come up with was better than anything Ed had said. So here's what's going to happen. Steven, you're going to pick one. Rafik, you're going to start the joke,
3: and then we're going to see if we can make something funny out of it. Let's give it a shot. I, I, I got to go back to Flatten Daddy. Did we t- Have flatten, you guys heard? Flatten Daddy. Flatten? As daddy. in to press down. Daddy. Daddy. Like a, you know. I don't
1: know if I've heard it, Okay, because my brain won't retain any of this.
3: My brain's going in a million directions. Until right. I well, why, don't
1: you start? why don't you start Flatten Daddy, and we'll see if we can turn it into a joke go
3: okay well so um some buddies of mine and i were sitting around we're trying to you know we all have get rich quick ideas uh and we were just trying to come we were brainstorming different ideas for products um and it, the, the thing is we were drinking though so i we, we we were just writing ideas down when i woke up only one idea was circled on the board it was flatten daddy <sighs>
2: I got nothing <laughs> you looked at me
1: for the pass-off. <laughs> Where am I going to go with that? <laughs> Rafiq, Rafiq, save you
2: me. Uh, so I'm looking at Flatten Daddy, flattened Daddy, flattened Daddy, and I can't <laughs> figure out what this means. So I asked my friend Bob, and he goes, well, you know how we found that blow-up doll the other day, right? Well, we were thinking about making one for... Rich bratty subs, all right? And so we came up with Flatten Daddy after Bill.
1: Flatten is fucking. There was a there was a fat guy, and he wanted to fuck the fat guy, but it was it was too much fat, so he wanted to flatten. You and to flatten, Daddy.
2: And, and this is why you're not in an <laughs> improv group. <laughs> get it?
1: Did you, did you guys get it?
2: I get. I, I, I guess. I guess we know why Ed was able to put together a hundred of the funniest jokes. Rimshot
3: right here. You know, I know where why I started the joke like that because there's these products. I don't know if you've seen them in Dollar General's, Dollar Trees, called scrub daddies. Have you seen them?
2: Oh, I actually saw that on uh, Shark Tank.
3: Scrub Daddy. And now there's a Scrub Mommy, which is a soft version. The Scrub Daddy is the abrasive. Anyway, so
1: that's a weird form of sexism. Obviously, Scrub Daddy. That's just a sentence you say to your woman. Like, you get over here and <laughs> scrub, scrub Daddy, Daddy. right?
0: <laughs> Make it real abrasive, too. <laughs> yeah. <it>. yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: so. Uh,
2: okay, I, I before we go into whatever you're about to say. That brings up a very interesting question of if scrub daddy is what you're saying to your woman, who the hell is saying the scrub mommy part? Well, that's the dominant
1: woman. She's looking at her man going, get over here from scrub mommy.
2: Okay, I'm so glad that you phrase it like that because like in my mind that goes either into like a weird incestuous hole or like a weird like your wife is definitely cheating on you with somebody.
1: You said weird incestuous hole. (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> I mean you said they're, those words. they're they're all a little weird, I would imagine.
3: <laughs> I, I I don't know why my head went straight to occupations. Like it's like all like, oh that's that person's a CPA, that's a doctor, you're just like introducing people to your friends I'm like, oh what's she do? Oh she's a scrub mommy. And you just keep moving. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's good. <laughs> well clearly you have a brain for that,
1: because flattened daddy, you were like, There's somebody's flat well, I don't know <laughs> I got nothing. I so, can't so, I can't compete with Ed.
2: Right. So what we've learned so far uh, Stefan, fantastic. Me, mediocre. Wait a minute. Is it
1: Stefan? Because I'm going to
3: call not. you It is All right. It is not. Rafika's is having some yuck yucks.
2: Okay. <laughs> Woo. Uh, so fantastic, mediocre. And when it comes to Alan, don't let him try to do that to save your life. Like, Sometimes <laughs> just for
1: fun, just to see where it goes in my apartment by myself, I'll try to like freestyle rap and it'll get so absurd that I go like, I have to do this in front of people because I'm like pausing to think of the next word and it's not making any kind of sense whatsoever. And it's like, this is actually maybe kind of genius on a weird level.
3: Okay, so what we're going to do is we're going to get him in the uh, eight-mile <laughs> outfit. Yes. We're going right. to take him to a real rap battle.
1: <laughs> so my brother, ages ago, he they knew a guy who was a really good rapper and they, uh, yeah, that's all fucked up they knew a guy who was a really good rapper and what they would do is they would stop people on the street and go, Hey, we just signed this guy. Can he rap for you? And he would freestyle and it was really good. But what was funny about it was to watch these people awkwardly standing on the side of the street while some guy is just rapping at them and watch them try to react. I'm like, yeah, that was good. So I always thought, where you need to take that joke is you put, you make me the guy and you tell them he just got signed. And then I just stumble and nonsensically say things that barely connect and barely rhyme and then watch them go like, yeah, that was great.
3: <laughs> and just like that, he's back in the comedy. I love it. <laughs>
2: there yeah. it is. And so so what we've learned is Alan's form of comedy is much more akin to uh, like a uh, Ali G or, Did I ever uh, tell
1: you about the time we interviewed people at uh, uh, MegaCon?
2: No, I don't think so.
1: This is great. We went to MegaCon. Here's what happened: somebody fucked up the sound, so we can't use the we can't use this video. But like for some reason, the input was wrong or whatever. But I went to MegaCon in a suit, and I had on me I had an actual glass of whiskey. So what I did is I interviewed a handful of people, and it was boring interviews. It was, so how, long, how many times have you been to MegaCon? But at the end of every single one, I would look at the camera and take a sip. So then we messed up my hair a little bit. We did the tie a little bit lower. So then I was like, kind of jazzed, like, hey, how you doing? And then I started interviewing people. And then we did about four of those. And then it was like, we fucked up my hair real bad. We had my shirt half untucked. And then I was going up to people and just be like, hey, this is going. This is Meg, how are you doing? And it was great because I actually had whiskey on my breath. So they really thought I was fucking hammered. And they, they, they would tell people, like, he might be a little drunk, but, you know, just go with it. And the last guy, I stopped interviewing him. And I was like, so what? So, you know, I said some things on Facebook. Why are you got to leave me? You know what I'm saying? And then I just like gave him the mic and
2: sat on the ground. <laughs> and,
1: like we couldn't use any of it uh, because somebody fucked up the audio.
2: That's a shame.
3: Uh, Alan, I I've been meeting. I've been sitting on this. You brought up Brian Regan. Did you see on the rocks? Is that the new one? The new one, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. you did. How'd you feel about it? Um, hey, be be honest now, okay? Because I'm a I'm a big Brian Regan. fan. I
1: love Regan. Um, I think I think his. Top, top is uh, I Walked on the Moon. Is that what it's called? Yeah. That is, you know, Bill Cosby himself, Eddie Murphy Delirious, Brian Regan, I Walked on the Moon. I mean, it's just, it's one of those perfect comedy specials. I do believe, and this is partially because I did comedy for eight years and whatever. I can see in his last couple specials, I can see areas where he has gotten really comfortable playing to his audience. Right. And there are definitely things that are like, well, oh, that was cute. But it it, it it doesn't feel like he's pushing himself like right. he used to. However, there is an entire chunk in the middle of that where he talks about going to a dinner party. Or maybe not a dinner party. Yeah, I know you're talking about But I've never seen him. I've been a fan of his forever. I've never seen an angrier bit from him than that bit where he talks about, how he can't stand the shit people say right. <laughs> and he can't deal with how stupid people are. And like, it was the most rage filled thing I'd ever seen him do. And it was kind of beautiful.
3: I agree with you that that's the one thing I would take out of it. That was like, you know, it was okay. Uh, it was not as good as I was hoping, but it was okay. But I agree with you. He kind of interfaced more with like reality and like being honest with the audience more than I think any other yeah. special I've seen and where he talks whole- about his,
1: his, his mental illness yes, and stuff. The whole yeah. thing about OCD is right. phenomenal. That thing there, was great.
2: There's a whole thing, uh I was talking about this with somebody last night. There's a whole thing of like people when they start getting to a certain level of success, where like when you look at their early uh form, like when you look at early Kanye and look at Kanye today, early Kanye his failures like you'll have a failure and then when he comes back with a success his next success is miles above than the one previous but the later on in their career the more you're seeing the level of like success and failure is kind of evening out where it's like you fail like this album wasn't good your next album that was good is like just a little bit better than the one that was good before it.
1: I mm. think, I think it's real easy for, I really enjoy What's it called? On the rocks. Is that on the rocks. Called? Yeah. I really enjoy that special. I've yeah. already watched it more than once. Now that we're talking about it, I'll probably watch it, have it on my audio on the way home. You know, um, I, I have no complaints about it, but I do think that, you know, there's the Steven Spielberg thing. Where like eventually you can draw a line in the sand and you can see where Steven Spielberg gave up. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Where yeah, you yeah. can go like, he's he goes, I'm at the top of my game. I've already won all the awards. I'm a household name. Now I'm just gonna point the camera at stuff because I don't give a shit anymore because I'm Steven Spielberg. You know, and, and I think there <clears throat> I'm not saying that's happening to Regan. I'm just saying that there are times in his more recent material where you can see, oh, that was cute.
3: Well, you two saw uh, Talking Funny, right? With yeah. uh, So Seinfeld, I think, uh, addresses this directly where he says, you know, it's not that I couldn't come up with new jokes and then later on in the years he does. But it, at this point in his career, he was saying it's not that I couldn't come up with new jokes or whatever. It's that people were paying to see my bit. That's right. why I keep doing the same jokes. Like people are coming to see Seinfeld's act. This is my act. It's if I change it, then, you know, the audience didn't it, come
2: here for that product. And yeah, so I it, can kind of understand that. It's that Patton Oswald thing where he's talking about his, his, that Vegas show where yeah. he's like, people didn't want me to do jokes. They just want to be like, he's the dude from King, and <laughs> Co- King of Queens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like and look, he was I, in Rat Ratatouille. You I know, mean, at like, the end of the
1: day, Regan is still coming up with a new hour every couple of years. That, right. that that ain't nothing. Yeah. you know. But also I think people love Regan and they just love watching him talk. So sometimes he can kind of get away with something that's not gut busting, hilarious. But at the same time, like, I mean, he did dig a little deeper in this last special. He right. did talk about right. his OCD, he did talk about his social anxiety. Right. You know? so,
2: so we had talked about something similar, but like slightly different. When So I was telling Alan to, about the show Invincible on uh, Amazon, right? And he was telling me that he doesn't really like Robert Kirkman stuff because Robert Kirkman has gotten to the point where he he's developed his set of tricks. Yeah. Right.
1: If you're a a big comic dork like I am, uh, Kirkman got big fast. Now, I haven't read anything new by Kirkman in probably 10 years, but everything I had ever read by Kirkman, I saw these same tricks that he was repeating over and over. And I'm not even shitting on the tricks. They're good tricks, but I also kind of got the impression that this was a guy who had a bag of tricks, they worked early in his career, and he got big real fast, so he had no reason to push himself yep. and get beyond that easy bag of tricks
2: that he had, right? You know? And so, like, a parallel experience in comedy is when you watch a Jim Gaffigan special and like he does his white people tag voice yep. for something and it's like so in juxtaposition between what you were saying about um you know pushing himself and like rising to a new level at, or at or um, not that uh what you were saying as far as the uh the product people are coming for because people who go to see Jim Gaffigan are going there because he does do the white people tag voice for like, does he
1: still do it throughout his set? Like he used to, because I feel like the last, I I don't watch him very much. I've never really enjoyed his stand up, but I think like the last one I tried to watch, he started with that a little bit just to kind of shut the audience up. And then I think he eventually dropped it.
2: I'm trying to remember the last one of his that I saw. I think it may have been Cinco. I'm not sure, but there is like, there, there, I wouldn't, Say from what I can remember that he does it throughout the whole thing, mm. but I think he does do it several times.
1: Well, it's like the—I'm uh, never going to remember his name. I want to say—is it Witherspoon, the guy who was the—oh was, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah I know uh, John uh, John Witherspoon. Uh, yeah, yeah. He would come out on stage, and the first thing he would do is all five of his catchphrases. He'd come right out and say, "Pour some water on the damn shit." And then he'd do the one from. Do you ever get him when he would do the flip flop in your face? He would do all five right out of the gate, and then he would say, "All right, now we've done those. Now let me do my act." Yeah, it was like, "Yeah, that's really that's the way you have to do it because if you don't, people are gonna scream, pour water on the damn shit the whole time." (laughs) I,
2: I I will say it's such a shame that Pops died, but like one of the things that I learned from him that I loved the most was like when he came to the improv a couple years ago and like I got to hang out with him and you know Sloane and all the other guys and like watching Pops sell merch was like a masterclass in selling merch because you know how people would come people come up after show and they want part of that experience right so like people would come up and they'd start taking their phones out and Pops would just go like no right if you want a photo with me Come up in line, right? And we'll take a Polaroid together. And then he had one of his guys; they'd take a Polaroid, hand it to them. Pops would sign it, and then charge them twenty-five bucks. And it's after like, he already did it, right? And then it's like <laughs> that's kind of cold, right? But it's also like that's genius because not only is the person getting something physical out of their thing they're going to get a better quality product and he's making money off of something that people are going to try to do for free anyway right right and it's a much more enjoyable experience for the you know audience member you know because now it's the like you have this piece of memorabilia from when you got to see you know it's like oh yeah me and pops hung out you know, it, that's what people are going to tell people. But it's like, me and Pops hung out after the show. That's what whatever. Ed would tell people. That's that definitely what Ed would so tell people. So Ed, when
1: you go on his website, there's a bunch of pictures of him with famous comedians. And it's very clear, if you have done comedy for any length of time, that he was one of the people in line waiting to take a picture oh, God, with famous right? comedians. But then he puts them on his website like, yeah. hey, I'm hanging out with Harlan Williams, yeah. you know, whoever.
2: Oh. Speaking of which... We should probably play another—do do we want to play another Ed joke?
1: I mean, we're, we're past an hour. I mean, we can end it. We can, we can end it all. <laughs> we can end it all now. Um, I mean, let's go. This one will not be about a costume party. This is track 46. It will not be about a costume party.
0: This guy is throwing a party, hey! and he tells everybody that they must come as an emotion. So the guests start arriving, and the doorbell rings, and the guy opens the door, and there's a guy all dressed—
1: I never interrupt Ed jokes, but can we just say how (laughs) completely he failed the setup of this joke? (laughs) They must come as an emotion. What do those words mean? (laughs) 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 And I'm sorry. I think this is the first time I've ever stopped an Ed joke. But God damn it, (laughs) he can't even get the fucking setup right. Come as an emotion. God damn
2: it. Wait, before you hit play again, I also love the fact of like, especially since the track is called about a costume party, there's no implication that this is a costume party. No, you just come
1: as an emotion.
2: As an emotion.
1: He didn't use the word costume. (laughs) For God's sake. All right
0: and green and he says well what are you he says i'm green with envy great come on in the doorbell rings again he goes answer it and the guy's all in pink and he said what are you he said i'm tickled pink he said great come on in the doorbell rings again the guy's standing there he's got his dick and a bowl of pudding and the guy said what are you doing he said i'm fucking disgusted uh, is pudding disgusting i was about to say yeah, what does dis- like <laughs> disgusted have to do that
3: uh, okay all right <laughs> <laughs> I had hope for that one. I was like, "Oh, dick in a pudding. All right, all right. Here we let's, go."
1: Let's fix this joke. First of all, you should probably say the word "costume" at some <laughs> point. Uh, second of all, his dick should have been in something disgusting, right? Like, <laughs> right? I'm I mean, he had his dick in a bowl of dog shit. Yeah, I'm fucking disgusting. Or, ah! Yeah. Or, By the way, or, fucking disgusting. Is that an emotion?
3: He could have been like having sex with his right, wife, maybe. Yeah, yeah, in front. yeah exactly. Ah. It's like he could have
2: been fucking his friend's wife, yeah. or it could have been like, ah, uh, you know, like it, he has. I don't know. I know. I'm, I know. I'm just so he just he
1: sucks all the joy right out of the room every
3: time. <laughs> I think this was probably. <laughs>
2: I regret asking for another one like (laughs) that. Well, here's the problem. Here's the problem.
1: We would have had to listen to that one anyway. We haven't skipped any of them, so at some point, you know, it's kind of the band aid thing. You can get your vaccine now and have your arm hurt, or you can get, you know, COVID later. I mean, you know, do you want Ed COVID or do you want Ed vaccine? That's really the question. But
2: but here's the thing, right? This is the pseudo symptoms of Ed because now (laughs) I feel tired, a little achy. Uh I just want to curl up and do nothing. Yeah.
3: (laughs) This isn't a bad inoculation, though, for like an open mic. If you had to, like, oh, yeah.
2: Have you never been to an open mic before? Listen to So How About This. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so
1: I think I think a good way to end this would be to tell some great open mic stories.
0: To be continued on the next nutty episode of Submit!